0: You're listening to the Sojourn Montrose Podcast. For more sermons and content, go to sojournmontrose.com. We are um, in the middle of a sermon series that we've called Stewardship, um, All That We Have for All That He Is. And uh, for those of you that maybe uh, this is your first time in church or first time in a while um, and you see the wallet on the front and you kind of get a little scared about what that's going to look like, um, let me sort of a- appease you. We're, we're, we're not there yet. Um, we're, we're getting to that part uh, next, next week. Um, but we're, what we're really trying to do. Is, is sort of zoom out to 30,000 feet and look at what it looks like to be a steward um, in, in a holistic sense, because I think uh, a, a lot of times what we do in the church is we is we tend to put the cart before the horse, and so we we get sort of at the uh, at the action that we that we are called to without really remembering or being reminded of the good news of the gospel, which which is somewhat different from from most other sets of, of worldviews or beliefs, whether religious or irreligious. Um, most of us tend to adhere to some sort of standard that would call us to to strive to a That standard. And and that until we do, um, there's actually something in us that is maybe lacking, or maybe we haven't quite been perfected yet. And so there's sort of a a constant fear or a constant striving for um, either the approval of people or the approval of that list or whatever it is that that worldview is that you carry. And yet, um, to follow Jesus is is a little bit different in the sense that um, what the Bible posits is precisely that we were unable. That we were not capable of securing for ourselves a a, a righteousness or a a justness and that Jesus came and established that for us and has given it to us freely by his grace. And so the Christian doesn't work or do things out of out of necessarily an, an obligation to perform, but they do it in grateful response for the performance that has been given to them by Jesus, through Jesus in the gospel. And so that's why we're, we're all about Jesus here at Sojourn. And so um, what we've been doing um, is looking at this idea of being a steward. Now, being a steward is, is a, as simple as this. It means to care for something that does not belong to you in such a way that it, it benefits the person who owns it. That's what, that's what a steward is. That's what a good steward is anyway. It's someone who has been put in charge of something on behalf of another. Okay, and so, so what we want to do is look at that from, from a holistic standpoint. We want to look at that um, in terms of everything that God has given us, even beyond just our money, even though we'll get to that next week. So um, last week, what we did, just to catch you up a little bit, we talked about stewarding this idea of common grace. Now, um, for those of you that weren't here, common grace is, is simply this. It's God's goodness towards all people, meaning that there are ways that God has been gracious to all people. Now, uh, a lot of us would kind of step back and say, now, wait a minute, Um, I still have some questions about that. For example, why is there suffering or why is there evil? Why do these things happen? And yet, what we posited last week was that even in spite of sort of the suffering and the, the tangible things that we look at that maybe disturb us, that God has been gracious day by day in providing for us even in the sort of smallest minutia of life. Whether that's breath, whether that's food, whether that's a way to provide for you or for your family, that all of those things actually have been given from God. That, that, that's actually sort of counter what our culture would say, sort of the American dream of if you do these things, you can pull yourself up and everything that you have, you have earned. And, and so we kind of counteracted that with, um, with really what the Bible tells us, and that's that God has been gracious to us, not just, not just now, but even prior to the fall, like prior to things going sort of wonky in creation, even when everything was perfect, even when God made everything good, as Genesis would say, that even in that moment we were experiencing God's grace. And so that, that his grace actually encompasses all things, that everything that we have has actually first proceeded through his hands to us. And that it's been given to us in order to steward well. And so we talked about stewarding God's common grace. Now, today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about stewarding God's gospel grace. So we're going to talk about... Um, Really, uh, the, the beauty, the message um, that, that God has given us, the truth about Jesus and why it's so important for us to steward that, meaning to care for that well. And so uh, there's three things that we're going we're gonna to talk about today uh, in, terms of, in terms of stewarding God's gospel grace. And so the first thing that we're going to talk about is, is learning about God's gospel grace. The second thing we're going to talk about is Uh, guarding God's gospel grace. And then the third thing that we're going to talk about is heralding God's gospel grace. So those are kind of the, the three points. If you take notes, that's where we're going, and I'll do my best to kind of guide you through this text. So, we're going to start off uh, with verse 13. It just says this, follow, we're only going to take half, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, we're, we're just in the New Testament, that's all the books written after Jesus, and there's a man that's writing this letter, his name is Paul, and what he's what he's doing is he's essentially trained up Timothy, that's why it's addressed to Timothy and and so he's kind of Paul's little mini protege. He's a little bit younger guy, um, but he's a guy that, that Paul has seen come to faith in Jesus and now he has trained him to go and tell more people about Jesus to establish to lead the church. And this is the essentially the, the good gospel advice that Paul is giving this younger brother and he says, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard. From me now this sounds this sounds really obvious, um, but the first thing that we have to do if we want to steward god's gospel grace well, is we have to know what god's gospel grace is, right so we have to know what the the message of the gospel is and so um, I'm going to try to keep this portion brief um, simply because we have a lot of work to do so the gospel is is essentially this: Jesus lived the life that we should have lived and then died the death that we should have died and then rose in victory over sin and over death on our behalf to give us his righteousness freely by his grace. That's the, that's the message of the gospel. And, and Romans 1 tells us that that message is the power unto salvation for all who would believe. Right, so, so that's the, the, the gospel message sort of in its most simple like three sentence form. But before we can, we can steward something, we have to essentially know what that thing is, right? Like if we've been given money or if we've been given something to care for, we're going to examine how much is there so we can know when parts or pieces are missing. And so in the same way with the gospel, we have to understand, A, what the gospel is before we can even begin to steward it. And the dangers of, of getting this wrong are really evident all, all over the place. And because we've seen many people Preach something that is contrary to gospel that gets packaged as such, and so I, I'll just pick one sort of one example out of the air um, that all of us probably to some degree are familiar with. If you have a television set, you've probably turned it on at one point to have somebody doing something really weird, saying it's in the name of Jesus, and then asking you for money. Right? And so. So what we would do, if we, if, we were, if we had learned the gospel of grace, if we, if we sort of understood that this is the core message, this is really what Jesus came to communicate in his life, death, and resurrection, and this is what many thousands of Christian men and women have died faithfully for, we would look at that and we would be able to say, that's not the gospel. That's not God's gospel of grace. That's the gospel and something, which ultimately is a perversion. Right, so Hebrews uh, 5, uh, 11 through 14 reads like this. It says that we've become dull of hearing that though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. And so what is so interesting about, about all of this is that, that we can sort of look around, right, and, and many of us have had some sort of contact with, with the Christian church, right? Like if you've grown up in the South, You've probably experienced that to some degree Whether in a weird way or, or in a good way And yet, what, what is odd is for the, the sort of the, the proliferation Of, of the um, sort of the amount of, of gospel quantity, gospel content or, or sort of Jesus-centric things that happen here in the South We still have a really hard time Being able to discern really what is, what is the gospel of grace because we try to create ornaments where it doesn't need ornaments. We try to create sort of a, a more beautiful picture when there, it's already as beautiful as it can be. This idea that very simply, he did what we couldn't do, he died for what we should have died for, and he gave us his forgiveness and his grace in the place of our sinfulness. That's it. So, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is if, if in order to steward the gospel grace of God, we need to learn about it, how do we actually do that? How does one learn about the gospel, right? And I think there's really three things that, that we can do. Um, three things that, that the Bible would point us towards. And so, uh, the first thing that we would do is we would, um, we would learn from God's word. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 uh, says that the Bible is, is useful for teaching. Right. This is, this is why every week we, we say those words. We say we're all about Jesus and then we say, therefore, we go to the scriptures every week because it's in the scriptures that we see the person and work of Jesus most clearly revealed for us. So here's the thing. All of us have probably been in a situation, maybe even in a, in a church building, in which um, someone has gotten up to say something and they've never once pointed you to the scriptures. That's a a bad place to start anywhere but here. Because it's it's in God's word that we have the fullest revelation of this gospel of grace. That everything in the Old Testament, meaning all the books written before Jesus, were written about Jesus, and then everything in the New Testament, which are all the books after Jesus, were written to tell us why. And so we go to the scriptures every week. So if you want to, if you want to learn the gospel of grace, even if you're not a believer, you want to know about Jesus. Your best and first resource should be the Word of God, the Bible itself. That's what this whole thing hinges upon. That's what John tells us in in chapter 1. He says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What's the second thing that we can do? Um, We can get around God's people. Ephesians 4.14 says that a united church will no longer be like children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. You want to learn the true gospel. You want to learn the truth about Jesus. Get into God's word and get into it around God's people. You see, we need each other. It's, again, it's, it's impossible for us to do this, to discern these things apart from the Christian community. So it's God's word in and among God's people that begins to teach us really what, what the gospel of grace is all about. You see, because all of us have been in a situation, maybe uh, in, a, in a youth group or in a, in a church, sort of smaller Bible study, whatever it might be. And you've sat around and the chief end of the entire conversation was, well, what does this mean to you? And that's, that's, that's not very good, right? Because, because essentially what that says is, um, how are you going to use the Bible to prop up sort of the way you're already living? Do you want to be transformed by the renewal of your mind, or do you want to just kind of use the Bible to, to enable you to live however you want to live? That's what we do. That's what we're inadvertently or maybe unconsciously saying when we say, well, what, this is what this means to me. Meaning, this is how this text makes me feel the least uncomfortable. (laughs) When that's not at all what the the scriptures were given for. In fact, I think more often than not, if you read the Bible, they kind of make you feel uncomfortable. It's because it is the antithesis of all that we are it is holy and righteous and good. Okay, so what's the third thing we do? We get into God's word around God's people. And then the third thing that we do is we listen to God's spirit. Now that sounds weird and strange, but but Jesus himself in John 16 says that when the Spirit comes, that that Spirit would guide us into all truth. That the Spirit of God actually guides us into truth. Now, here's the beautiful thing. You get into 2 Timothy, that, that verse 14, the first part, what does it say? By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. So there's the, there's those three things. Those are the three things that you need if you really want to begin to learn about who Jesus is and what He's done. So here's the thing, you may not you may not be a Christian in the room this morning. And that's totally fine. But If you want to learn really who God is and what He's done, you want to learn what the gospel is. Get into the Word. Because here's the thing, I'll I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, many of us have probably experienced a variety of church settings. And many of us have probably been turned off for one reason or another, and and that's understandable. Like we say every week here, we're imperfect. We acknowledge that. We know that. Like, we're going to fail you at some point. And yet, if we continually point one another back to the gospel, um, that might just change what it is you're offended by. You see, he, here's the thing. Um, many, many of the criticisms, many of, of even sort of the... Uh, people's distaste for the Christian faith is not necessarily based on, on, on what we believe, but, but how we carry out what we believe. And that's, I mean, that's ultimately a shame. Um, but if you really want to know Jesus, if you really want to get to know who he is, you get in the word, you get among the people of God, and then you trust that the, that the spirit will guide you into that. Um, so uh, just as a quick plug, I guess, since I have the microphone and you can't stop me, Um, just a quick plug. This is why we do, this is why we do neighborhood parishes, right? This is why, this is why we gather together throughout the week, because here's the thing. I can sit here and and say everything that that sort of I want to say, and then you can go home and and sort of do your own thing for the rest of the week. But ultimately, we need to use God's word um, among God's people to sift through those things, right? Like, like God's word actually tells us to, to test that which is spoken over us, right? So when I get up here, you shouldn't just be like, well, he's got the microphone, so he's got to be right. But that you should go home and you should uh, and you should together as the body of Christ or as people even who are just curious about who Jesus is, you should test the things that I have to say. I, I'm not perfect. I guarantee you, there will be a, probably a time in which I say something stupid from here. P- people are like, you've already done that. Um... um Probably multiple times. But, um, but you should test that. You should test that against the word together because together we're going to sharpen one another. So get, get into a neighborhood parish. We'd love to have you. <laughs> um, and, and this is ultimately also why we pray for the Spirit to lead us. This, this effort, this endeavor to be the people of God um, who steward the gospel of grace well um, is, is ultimately impossible for us in our own strength. Right. Like that's that's why Paul says to Timothy, he says, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. That's the only way it's possible. It's the only way for us to maintain or to not maintain, but to uphold really the standard of the gospel that should be there. The good news of Jesus Christ. All right. So uh, moving on, we got to get into the second point. We're going to talk about guarding this, this gospel message. So here's the thing. We have the, we have the gospel of grace. We learn about it in those three settings. And now what we want to do is we want to, we want to guard that because here's the thing. If we're to steward something, that means that we, that we care for it in such a way that it does not lose its luster, that it does not lose value, right? Like when somebody gives you something to take care of, you're not like, I'm going to intentionally make this less valuable, um, by the time they get it back. Right? So if, so if somebody lends you a car, you're not like, let me see what I can do to potentially ding this. Or, or let's kind of, uh, I've always wanted to do donuts, never been very good at it, so I'm going to try it in this car rather than my own, right? You don't, you don't do those things if you want to be a, a, a good steward. So what does it look like to guard this gospel of grace? Now, let me just say this, that, that word sounds pretty militant, um, but, but I hope that uh, as we sort of arrive to the conclusion of this point, that you'll that we'll begin to understand that um, it's it's a helpful word if we understand it correctly, when we when we use this word guard. Um, so as we learn the manifold wisdom of gospel grace in God's word among God's people and by God's Spirit, we must guard the truth that has been revealed to us, and that's what He tells Timothy to do. And in verse fourteen, He says, "Guard the deposit that has been entrusted." To you, guard the deposit that has been entrusted to you, and the, the dangers of this again are are all around us, right, all around us. And and so here's the thing: if you're if you're, uh, I hope to not offend anyone. If I do, uh, come and talk to me. We can work through it. It'll be okay. Um, I promise you. I'm not I'm not a mean guy. But we've seen this probably most clearly um, in, in in the Catholic Church. In that what, what we have seen is not, it, it wasn't just sort of in an instant, but that over time, giving smaller and smaller portions of ground away, they've arrived to a place in which really um, your, your salvation in that church uh, is, is not so much based on what Jesus has done, and it's much more based on whether you've said the right prayers the right amount of times to the right people. And yet we would say that the Bible tells us there's one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Jesus Christ. right? And so, and, and so hear this. If you, if you have sort of an a, attachment to that, uh, you, you grew up in that. Look, I'm, what I'm not trying to say is that we're better than them. But what I am trying to say is that we're different. We're very much different. But we started off pretty much in the same spot. In fact, we did start off in the same spot. And, and we kind of, uh, you know, it, it diverged. And it's because, ultimately, what, what, I, what I would posit is that they, they did not guard. They did not guard the doctrine of God's grace. They did not guard the doctrine of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone. They gave ground just inch, millimeter at a time. And they've ended up in a place that is completely and wholly different from the Bible that they, that they hold on to. And that they champion. And so here's the thing: um, we we also see this pretty evidently in scripture. There's a there's a moment or there's a letter, an, another letter that Paul writes. Oddly enough, to, to the church in Galatia, and and what had happened was that some people had come along and and they started again changing or adding to the the gospel of Jesus. And Paul writes them really really pretty passionately. And so I'm just going to read you a portion from that. Galatians chapter one, verses six through nine, and you can follow along if you want or, or not. Either way, I'm going to read it. Um, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one that you received, let him be accursed. He goes on to say later on in chapter 3, uh, verse 1, he says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? We need, we need to guard the gospel because any moment, uh, let let me just say this, our hearts already are are inclined to go Jesus and, right? Like that's, that's how our hearts sort of already work. We want to attach Jesus and my good works, Jesus and my ability to do these things, Jesus and my spouse or whatever it might be. We try to sort of attach on all these other functional saviors. And yet the gospel is pure and unadulterated in the sense that it is all about Jesus. And we have to guard that. Because any moment, any moment that we begin to start giving inches away is the moment that the purity of this jewel that we've been given is tainted. It's tainted. And if The message of the gospel the message the good news about his grace is the power for salvation to all who would believe I don't want to mess with that all right so we want to we want to guard uh, the gospel so how do we do that right it's like how what are what are some things that we can we can actually do to see that happen I think I think there's three things as usual I'm good at the number three thing right Uh, there's three things that we can do number one we can listen carefully we can listen carefully because here's the thing, um, it doesn't matter where you go, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're looking at an ad- advertisement, if you're talking to a friend, if you're watching a movie, if you're listening to a certain kind of music, they are all espousing to you a certain worldview, whether they would claim that they are or not. And here's the thing, like I said, it's not, th- this is a, a common saying, I, I, but I think it bears repeating, the devil is in the details. The devil is absolutely in the details. We need to listen carefully. We should be able, if we have learned the gospel of grace, if we've gotten into God's word among God's people and we have, are being led by God's spirit, we should be able to discern those moments if we listen carefully and recognize that, it, that is not the gospel, that is not, that is not true of me. What is true of me is that God has given me his righteousness in Jesus. Like, we should be able to discern those moments, so we need, to, we need to listen carefully. The second thing that we can do is we can speak boldly, right? So we, we live in a culture now where it's, where it's a little more hip to sort of, rather than kind of have a, a strong conviction about a certain belief, you kind of just, uh, you operate in more of the inquisitive realm of like, well, what do you think about that? You know, it's like you never kind of want to take a stand because you don't know who's going to lambast you or where that where that sort of uh, grenade is going to come from. But but brothers and sisters, here's the thing: I, what I don't want, and, and we've kind of already talked about this. My honestly, my my biggest sadness in terms of the Christian church is not it, it's not because our message is difficult. It's that it's that we are not known for our message. It's that we are known for sort of upholding a rigid morality and trying to get people to conform to it. When the, the whole basis of the Christian faith is that you couldn't, you couldn't conform to it. It makes no sense. So here's the thing, like, what I don't want to do is, is offend people for offense's sake or because I'm trying to get them to establish a similar morality to me. But where I am okay with offending you is with the gospel. And the gospel is offensive, right? What does the gospel say? It says, you're sinful. You couldn't help yourself. You were a child of wrath. You were not righteous. You were altogether worthless. But God, being rich in mercy, has made you alive in Christ. If that offends you, great. If you're offended by my morality, like, then, then I, I've, I've done a poor job of stewarding the gospel of grace in such a way that you see and understand it for what it is. If you reject the gospel for what it is, I mean, at, at least it's the truth. At least it's been rejected for what it is and not based on who I am. So the, the, the second thing, speak boldly. Um, speak up when those, when those instances come. Preach the gospel. And then the third thing that we can do is we can rebuke lovingly. So here's the thing, right? Re- rebuke lovingly. So uh, 2 Timothy um, 1.13, sort of the second half uh, of this verse that I purposefully skipped until now, um, says this. I'll just grab the whole thing. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. See, here's the thing. Um, we do have a belief that to some degree is exclusive in the sense that we believe that there is one God, right? One Father, one Lord of all, one Spirit, one baptism, all of those things. We believe that there is one way to God, that that's through Jesus, that there's no there's no like mountain and a different trail kind of thing. It's not a big elephant. It's just Jesus. That's who it is. And, and he's hanging there. He wants you to, to join him, Right. Those, those are the things we believe. So it's, it's exclusive in that sense, and yet the way we hold our beliefs speaks a whole lot about what we believe. And for a, for a really long time, the, the Christian Church has, has done a really poor, bad, a really poor job of holding their beliefs in such a way that it glorifies Christ rather than ourselves rather than championing our own ability to sort of follow a morality and championing the good news that Jesus has come, that the kingdom is at hand. And so we can rebuke one another lovingly. This is why, um, again, the community is so important. The communal aspect of all of this is so important because we can come together and we can recognize sometimes, you know, you just need somebody on your six. Like You need somebody to be able to say, look, that's not the gospel. That's not true of you. This is the gospel. This is what's true of you. And so there's a a difference between a rebuke and a judgment. We talked about that in in Romans. Um, But so here's the thing, right? Uh, A a lot of us tend to look at Christians, again, as judgmental. So if I go around there, if I sort of open myself up to criticism, if maybe I I don't know as much as they do or whatever it might be, that they're going to sort of cast me off or cast me aside. And unfortunately, for a long time, that's been the case. But the way we hold our beliefs speaks a lot about what we believe. You see, a judgment is is reserved for God alone. A rebuke is to be used in love. That's that's a big difference. See, I don't don't get to judge you because God's the one who judges, like he gets to make that determination about you. But what I do get to do is say, this is the truth that has been revealed clearly, plainly in the word of God. And I'm going to rebuke you so that you can be conformed to it. There's a complete and total difference in that. And that's why when you get together in your neighborhood parish, it shouldn't be so uncomfortable it shouldn't be so weird, you know, to kind of sit around and, and be willing to sort of explain that you have doubts or be willing to sort of open yourself up to. And is what I'm believing true? Is the way that I'm reading this text, am I understanding this correctly? Because I want to know Jesus. I don't want to know me sort of creating Jesus from the, from the scriptures. So we can listen carefully, we can speak boldly, and we can rebuke one another lovingly. The third and final point we want to talk about is heralding this gospel of grace. So as we, learn to, as we learn and we guard the faith, we must be careful not to turn inward and steward the gospel of grace poorly by lavishing its riches on ourselves. So here's what I mean by that. And so I, I sometimes write out lines that I want to read, so if you're wondering why that may have sounded weird. Um, here's the thing. If we believe the gospel of grace to be the treasure, the jewel, the precious thing that it is, essentially what I'm asking us to do is not to turn into uh, essentially a golem, which if, you, if you've read Lord of the Rings, I do this all the time, so uh, just get used to it. Um, but what he does, he, he sort of obtains this precious thing, this, this ring, he actually calls it my precious, and, and what does he do? He goes into sort of the deepest, darkest cave, and he just stares at it for eternity, So many Christian churches have turned into a place where we have this precious, this beautiful jewel, this pearl of God's goodness and God's grace. And what we do is we just kind of stare at it dumbfounded together. they are just kind of like, this is cool. I guess we're just waiting until the heaven bus shows up. You know, just hang out, see what happens. But no, like, but that we've, we've actually been saved for a purpose. That, if, as we read in Romans, that, that those who have come to know Jesus are a sent people, that they've been sent together to do what? To preach the gospel message, that they've learned and guarded so that people might call on his name, so that people might believe and be saved. So if you want to steward the, the, the gospel of grace well, you not only have to learn about it, you not only have to be willing to stand up and guard it, but you've got to be willing to proclaim it. You've got to be willing to, to give it away, to share it away with anybody who would, who would want, anybody who would listen. 2 Timothy 4, 2-3 uh, through 3, um, reads like this, and uh, I'm just going to read it to you. It says this, Preach the word If you truly believe that this is the truth If you really believe that there is one God And one mediator between God and man That's the man, Jesus Christ If you believe in that precious jewel That precious diamond that says That you have been lifted out of your own darkness By no work of your own Into the light and the goodness And the generosity of God If you believe that to be true That is a message that you will herald We are called to confront the myths of this world with the good news of the gospel, the truth about who Jesus is, the truth about what he's done. And here's the thing. God is going to accomplish that and he's chosen to use his people. That means you. It means if you've been redeemed by grace, if you've accepted the the, the work of Jesus as as truth, if you've come to Him in faith, if the Spirit has regenerated your heart, you are a herald of the gospel. How are you heralding it? There's there's really three things that are beautiful that happen when, when the people of God learn the gospel, guard the gospel, and then herald the gospel. That is, the the, the the gospel spreads just in general, right? Like, so a, a lot of you sit in this room because faithful people, faithful men and women have gone before you and they've learned the gospel and they've guarded the gospel and they've heralded the gospel. That 2,000 years ago, just in a little small pocket of the Middle East, somebody started preaching this good news and now all of a sudden you have half a planet that's covered in it. That's what happens when 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 the people of God steward the gospel of grace well, when they herald it. Another thing that happens and that we know has happened, we've seen evidence of it happen, the gospel changes people in Montrose. There are people that did not know Jesus until they came around Sojourn or until Sojourn came into this neighborhood. And again, that's not because Sojourn is awesome. That's because the gospel of Jesus is awesome because the gospel of Jesus is true and it changes people's hearts. It changes people's minds. It changes the way we live. It worked for you. What makes you think it won't work for others? We must be bold. If we really, if we really believe that this is what it says it is, it calls for nothing less than your total allegiance in heralding the gospel well. And then the third beautiful thing that happens when we herald the gospel is that we end up not only heralding it to other people, but we end up heralding it to ourselves. Like that we get reminded that we get reminded that even though every day we still wake up and we try to earn our own righteousness, we try to earn God's favor. We get reminded moment by moment, minute by minute, day by day that it's not of works. That the righteousness that we have was given to us. That as Ephesians says, that even the good works that we've been given were given to us by him. That we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. See, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And that's why we say that every stinking week that you come here, you're going to hear that it's all about Jesus. That's why. We want to herald the gospel well. We want to steward the grace of God well. And what does a steward ultimately do? He stewards that which has been given to him, not for his own glory or for his own fame, but for the fame from whom it came. So we leverage our, our righteousness, we leverage this new life, we leverage this message of grace, we leverage this peace and unity that we share towards the glory of God, that his name might be proclaimed, that his fame might be known by every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Brothers and sisters, if, if, you're, if you're a covenant member of, of Sojourn Montrose, I want to talk to you for just one second. If we could be known for one thing, if we could be known for one simple thing, I'd want it to be that we are heralds of the gospel grace of God. Of all the other things that we could be known for, good music, um, preacher has tattoos, whatever, all of those things, (laughs) like I don't care about any one of those as much as I care about that we would be known as a people who speak who herald the good news of the gospel of grace. Because, look, it's not how cool we are. It's not how good our music is. It's not how fancy the slides are. It's not how cool the logo is. Like, none of those things have the power to save anyone. But the gospel does. The gospel message, the good news, the grace of Jesus Christ revealed to us in his life, death, and resurrection, that saves people. So let me just be clear and this is, these are the last few lines that, that I give you and I try to do this every week because I know I say a lot so, um, and most of you are kind of just start checking in right about now so, um, <laughs> so what I want to do okay, if I, if I could kind of sum this all up in four or five sentences what I would want for us to be is learners not elitists I would want us to be guardians not executioners and I would want us to be heralds not cowards. The manifold wisdom of God that was made manifest in the gospel of grace is sufficient, useful, and always to be delved into for learning. The treasure of the riches of God given in Christ should be guarded with humility and with strength. And the beauty of God's marvelous kindness towards us should be heralded with passion, vigor, and with most of all, love. Let's pray.